0: back to the Naffy Break podcast with my guest this week, Jonathan James. In the first part, we listen to Jonathan's journey up to the point where he has to leave the service. We pick up in part two with his journey from that point through to the current day. Hope you enjoy. I've spoken to a few other people and one of the things that they, they've all kind of agreed on was that the language that is used when you're in the service to describe the job that you do and the role that you have is very unique to the service you know and everyone understands the abbreviations and i know you've kind of let, let a few out as we've been chatting mm-hmm. but what that adjustment to to almost translate that into the commercial sector or you know identify what those skills are what you've actually been doing in the military to the service how how did you get along with that is that something you you found easy or did somebody help you with that or was that a gap, do you think, in, in the preparation? Oh, God, I mean, there's no way I could do it on my own.
1: I had to, I had to get help with it. I had no idea what, how I could transfer my, my my skills from the military into Civic Street. I mean, how do I go around saying I used to blow stuff up for a living in my tank? You know, you can't really do that on Civvy Street. You know, you might get good parking with it, but that's about it. You know, you <laughs> it. And so I definitely needed help with that. Um, but it's, 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 it's recognising what you have to give to Civic Street. And in the military... It's, 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 it's in, you know it's, it's put into you it's in your genes everything you do is, is a daily life you don't think you're learning stuff you are learning things every day so you, you mm-hmm. know even the matter of courses you do and things like that it's you know it's part of your life it's not just a career so you, it's very hard to pull your life out and put it into um, you know a job prospect you know it's, it's not easy to do so I needed a, I definitely needed help and, and the courses I went on sort of tried to force the answers out of you which is better than someone telling you oh yeah you're good at this you're good at that you need to sort of work that out yourself so you can tell an employer oh this is what i can do this is this is how you know how my skills were like in 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 the military
0: so what was you what did you decide the path was going to be then for you going out in terms of you know what what sector or what you know what skills you you were going to employ um
1: and i uh, went through mechanical engineering so um, I looked towards the trains, uh, train sector, um, maybe looked at working on the rails or even on the trains themselves. I actually sort of went down the route of uh, Southwest trains, Bombardier, you know, working on the maintenance of trains and things. So I, I, I thought that that's what I need to do. You know, I've got four months left now. I, I've not done anything. Um, I'm, I'm under pressure. Let's, you know, let, let, let's do what I know, which is mechanics. So I, I went down that route, reached out to Southwest trains, reached out Bombardier. Um, send them CVs that I had done while I was in Tedworth House uh, after doing CV workshops with them and somehow managed to get interviews from both of them and also um, job applications from both of them.
0: Carry on doing that and just swap the uniform for a set of overalls effectively. But is is there a factor behind you pushing to do that because you've got a family to support and it's kind of not easier, but that's a a priority now. You're going to make that a priority it's not necessarily what you really want to do or what you see yourself potentially doing, but it's it's almost out of necessity.
1: Oh, no, definitely. I mean, that, that was a driving force for me, was I've got to put a roof over my family's head. I've got to have money coming in. Um, I didn't really know too much about what outgoings were going to be like. I knew there were going to be outgoings, obviously. I didn't know how much my outgoings were going to be. So my worry was, how the hell do I provide for my family without being a burden on society, as it were? I sure. didn't want to be one of these... Um, um, in my head one of these people who was relying on the council for housing was relying on the government to give me money um, I wanted to do it myself um, you know however we don't always get that opportunity you know the help's there to take to use it um, so by my head I was like no I, I've got to do this on my own you know, uh,
0: and to be honest I'm I'm sure there's people out there you know thinking of what you've been through and the kind of you know sacrifices that you you've put you know for everybody through your life that you would be entitled to that support that why wouldn't why why shouldn't you take that but for you personally this was about okay new start I'm gonna you know again I'm tough I'm gonna stand up to this this is a challenge I'm gonna get through this challenge but you didn't go down the engineering route in the end kind of took a little bit of a left turn there as you say just just tell us about how how you didn't take that and what happened next
1: um, as I say, I had the job at Southwest Trains, going through the grease monkey um, sort of way. And one of the courses you do, one of the days you do down there, is called Insight into Industry. And, um, and that day actually happened to be down at the Bank of America. Um, at the time, I say I had a job, so I didn't think there was any point in me going. You know, why would I want to go down? It's just someone talk about numbers and money. It sounds very boring. Um, but luckily for me, it's a mandatory thing you had to do. Uh, and I wasn't really engaging. I didn't think there was any point. Um, but as the presenters started speaking um, they started making a little bit of sense to me and I started listening up a little bit more. They started talking about not the technical skills that people have, but um, your transferable skills. So, you know, the way we can problem solve, the way we can manage and lead, um, our coordination skills, um, the fact that we're reliable, can-do attitude. Uh, so talking about security. it wasn't boots on the ground security, security of you know against um, for terrorist attacks for, for example, in cyber security um, in in buildings, looking after uh, buildings uh, and and mainframes and hardware and, uh, things started you know switching on on my head thinking, I mean, she's making quite a lot of sense here. I can actually apply myself the way i applied myself in the army through being coordinated you know and then can do attitude but don't have to do boots on the ground security i can do protect people but in a different way because i still want to do it at the same time
0: but but it sounds like somebody else is almost painting a picture using your skills and what you've done about what you could do because yeah. that what those weren't things that you were necessarily thinking about you know you've gone down for the engineering route but actually this person has just taken your skill set and converted it to what they needed within their their organization. It's it sounds like that's quite fortunate that the penny dropped for you that actually, oh, yeah, I have learned all this stuff. And that is the kind of stuff I was doing when I was in and the problem solving and adaptability and all those things. So so what happened next? What, what was the outcome of that?
1: Well, I say I've sat there listening to her. I mean, I think one of the I'll say one of the big things that opened my eyes was the amount of um, outgoes she said I'll probably have to to, to do. They went through the sort of things you'd have to pay for. She didn't really think about you know your pension, your water, your uh. council tax. So what, what I thought I was going to earn in the, uh, the in the trains and suddenly it didn't seem like it was going to be enough when I, for my plans I had on time. So again, that you know I, I opened my eyes up a little bit. All I did was I left a little note for him at the end of being. I said thank you very much. It was great. Um, they did say that that they do offer two-week work placements, uh, not to get a job there, but to tell them what the corporate world's like. That's all it was, was to show you what the corporate world was like. Not, you know, this is a job interview or this is what we're going to try and do to get you coming to the bank. It was, this is what Simi Street can do in the corporate world, the global company. Come and have a look and see what you like and, you know, go find it elsewhere. So I put my name down and gave them my details. Uh, didn't really expect much of it, um, and then um, a few days later, emailed me back, and said, Look, yeah, we're more than happy to, to host you. So I went down another two-week work placement with them in Camberley, um, and this is why I still have my job at, at Southwest Train Store. That was all you know, going through and had the thumbs up and stuff. But I went down to Camberley for two weeks, uh, spent a few days in London. Uh, went through loads of different teams within the bank. Most of it was in the technical area, so talked a bit about databases and mainframes and things like that. But it wasn't about technical stuff, I suppose you could say. It was more of you know, what they'd done as a job. That, and, and they had to explain things to me quite simply, which I thought might be a bit insulting for them, but they actually enjoyed it because it, it reminded them of how they started, how they can actually simplify things. Uh, instead of making things complicated in their own job. You can see it in their face and smiling and they're obviously asking me questions at my, my job and things. So that whole two weeks, I was like a sponge, taking on loads of information and asking them questions and sort of comparing things from what I do to what they do, how I coordinate things in the military and how they coordinate things. So just trying to bounce off each other and see if there are any comparisons. And was, you know, surprisingly, a lot. Um, and then the end of the two weeks, um, saying our goodbyes and things like that. And um, Polly Cameron, so if anybody um, ever bumps into someone called Polly Cameron, she works at Vodafone now, amazing woman. She's the one who sorted all, all this out for me and turned my life around. Um, she said, look, thanks for coming. I said my goodbyes. She goes, yeah, but before you go, um, we'd like to offer you a job. Uh, and I almost fell off my chair. I, I was, wow. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what to say. You know, I had a job at Southwest Trains. I knew I was going to struggle with them, the money-wise and things like that. But as far as I was said, no, I had a job. She told me, I "Said no, no, loads of people have spoken to you. You know, there's quite of like they want to try and sort you out with a job. We'll find you something. You know, what do you think?"
0: Uh, uh. There's a couple of things there in there, and I'm sure your old uh, tank regiment buddies, if you said, "Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a job with the <laughs> Bank of America," they'd kind of look at you, and go, "Hang on a minute, you had a spanner in your hand next to me in the, you know, in the pit." doing stuff and now you're you're doing this but isn't that amazing that actually just you being able to showcase your your personality your inquisitiveness your your kind of thought processes was like well the best interview you could possibly had because you you got to just be you and at the end of it have gone we want this guy for his for his attitude and his you know his his persona rather than we need someone to blow stuff up so what's that taking you to now? I mean, one of the things you mentioned in there, which is as also worth pointing out, I think, is the cost of living and the things that you have to pay for when you come out of the military that are no longer subsidized. Mm-hmm. You know, that suddenly puts a lot of pressure on people when, when they leave, depending whether you come out with a full pension or you've only done a few years. But, you know, those costs, you know, are not insignificant. So where's that taking you now? What's what's happening for you now within um, within your career now?
1: Um, well, I, I'm in the same sort of role in my career. So, what I do is I uh, coordinate, um, <laughs> I call them SAs, I, I coordinate system uh, clear vulnerabilities on all servers um, within email, which is Europe, Middle East, and Asia. So, all those servers, but also um, push out globally um, higher critical vulnerabilities. So, if you think about your phone, gets updated all the time with all those applications on there. Banks basically doing exactly the exact same thing on a much more regular basis to make sure all their applications are up to date and safe, so the bank can't be attacked. Um, and I say that's what the clever people do. That's where a coordinator, <laughs> someone comes in. So that's where my sort of transferable skills were was shining through. I, you know, I sort of know how much about computers myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm right in the heart of the technical uh, departments of of, of the, one of the biggest banks in the world. But I coordinate and move bits around and make sure things are done on time if things are missed I then catch them up to make sure the bank is safe so I'm still doing my security job yeah you you're way.
0: very and very mission focused there you've got a mission now to 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 secure you know make sure things are secure and protect okay in a different environment mm. but mm. you know I you're your very focused on as
1: well
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great no Windsor davis uh a persona when you're a, when you 're a worker <laughs>
1: exactly
0: <laughs> so so looking back now, if you kind of think of what you know what you were able to gain through your army, as you said earlier on, you were learning all the time when you didn 't even realize you you were learning, if you were talking to people now who were in the service, and i 'm sure. You know we all know people who are not putting their hand up for support or not reaching out for the kind of help that is available mm. what what would be your advice to people who are in the service now and are thinking about their transition you know they're, they're maybe a year out from, from coming out what would be the what would be the steer you'd give them
1: cool i mean there, there's so many but uh, the, the big one is ask for help don't be selfish you know we've given blood sweat and tears to uh, to our to our jobs um, depending on how you're getting out, whether it's through injury or you're getting out because it's, you know, you've know you had enough or you know it's, it's end time. Uh, at the end of the day, you're still going to be at Civic. Um, so it's time for you to stick your hand up and ask for help. It's a hard thing to do, but that's what everyone is there to do, is to help you. And there's so many places to go out there. Uh, CTB, the Career Transition Partnership, um, which everybody, um, I, I, definitely in the Army, I don't, I'm not sure about the other two, Arms and Services, but they're probably the same. is probably when one of your first ports of call and gets used in your resettlement program while you're still in the military so ctp can help you with finding jobs because they have adverts out there but also signposting you you'll hear signposting being used a lot because a lot of places you go to are rbl help for heroes um, they're not necessarily going to give you opportunities and jobs and things like that to find but they're going to signpost you to places that can help you so you've got those next um, service or veterans websites that can help you look for jobs that, um, are basically recruiters um, so go out there and hunt things down. Um, look for yourself and be selfish. But network as well. Networking is massive. Get on LinkedIn. It's not like Facebook. You're not treated like Facebook. Try and use it more professionally. <laughs> get on LinkedIn. Have a look around. See what's out there. Um, link up with some of your old comrades who, who are out there and, and, and ask them questions about roles and jobs, um, how they found it, um, and try and get as much information um, as you can um, before you leave, before you get to that crunch point. Don't think you have to go down route one like I did. You don't have to do a similar role that you're doing in the now. Those medics don't have to stay in, in medicine, you know. Um, they don't have to stay in mechanics. Um, you know, you can if you want to. There's nothing wrong with it, but you, the world literally is your oyster. It sounds corny, but it literally is. You can find a job in any sector in the city in the Street that doesn't have to be technically sound to what you're doing now you can adapt your um, competency-based skills, your transferable skills to that job. What I found, and what I'm still finding is in, in, in Civvy Street, all these big corporate jobs and little jobs, they're spending loads of money, and loads of time trying to train up managers and coordinators. And the military isn't, abundant with it we get trained that every day of the week we can tie our own shoelaces and things like that you know we, we have got that uh, that um, management that uh, leadership that coordination skills in abundance and it costs them a lot less and takes them a lot less time to teach that technical skill and it does that managerial skill um, so yeah. have a around for a job like that and do not start at the bottom of the ladder there's no need you know it, it sounds like we're starting all over again because of what we're in the career wise but we are just moving from one job to another if we try and understand that it might make things a bit easier we don't have to start at the bottom all over again
0: they recognized stuff in you that maybe you hadn't kind of recognized in yourself at that particular time but 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 thankfully you do now so
1: um oh, definitely I mean, you would definitely fine when you go out and you do some research and look around you've got to remember all our core values they're massive as well. Um, and, and a lot of companies are starting to bring their own core values. I know the banks bringing their own, you know, have, have got their own core values in. They're a lot smaller than us, but all of ours link in with every company's core values. They love people who, you know, in, in integrity and selfish commitment and discipline and all the other good stuff. They love that. So we produce that and show them and talk about that as well. They're like, come in because you can actually help us bring that into our company. You know, the more we have of that, the company's going to expand yeah. more and it's going to be great. So Not only have we got these great transferable skills, but we've also got, you know, these values that we get literally fed into us from day one of being in the military, and it's embedded. And I'm really proud of our our values. It's great, you know, it brings me the person I am now.
0: That, you know, that is an absolutely fantastic point for us to kind of... uh, you know come to an end on that really i think what what you've what you've said there is you've developed you know you live by those values you've kept those values and actually that is a sought after commodity for a, a company that that you know is looking to recruit anybody and you know why not bring people in that have already got that rather than trying to impose or, or force them out of people who, who maybe you know can't, can't meet those John, I'm really grateful for you giving up the the time to appear on the pod. I'm hoping that, um, you know, some people will get a bit of insight, but also a little bit of inspiration from the, the journey you've gone on there. Obviously quite varied, you know, from that um, ex-Burton's manager, folding clothes, to now uh, in Bank of America, and um, and I think you know it's been a fantastic, uh, fantastic opportunity to to find out about how you've done that. So, thanks very much for your time, and um, we'll see you soon.
1: Pleasure, mate. Anytime.
0: I feel immensely privileged to have the opportunity to speak to some of our veterans. In particular, my interview with Jonathan was quite humbling. The journey that he's gone through dealing with the loss of people close to him while in Afghanistan and still finding a way through all that to now carve out a successful second career. There's a really strong message that comes through from that is that the values that he holds really close and that were built during his army days have actually catapulted him into a really good position now in his career. I hope that by listening to this podcast you'll see that the above average Joes in life can actually do some pretty special things.